Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Do you think there is such a thing as a VIP morgue? <laughs> Would Logan Roy's body just go in one of those big metal drawers Next to, for example, a homeless person who froze no. to death on the street. Okay, so that's not happening. He would be in next to another rich person. There's going to be that? some because there's going to be some funeral home. No, no, this is pre-funeral parlor. So wait, a, a, a dead a, body goes to a mort. Wait, what? Yeah, happens? like a morgue or a mortuary. A, a coroner has to sign it off first. You know, I I don't feel like anyone who works in a mortuary listens to our podcast. I'm not sure they're always respecting those cadavers. Oh, is that part of why they pick their jobs sometimes? I mean, if you are a necrophiliac, you don't have very many options open to you, do you? That's not a great kink. We said that we would give people a place to put their feelings, and that's what they've done. Quite a few people wrote in with their own experience of sudden death for the obvious reason. And I didn't include all of those, but I just wanted to say that I really appreciated everyone sharing that stuff. So thank you. We still went with the best one. It's still a competition, even if your parent died. So thank you for sharing in the safe space of my inbox, which we'll recall is my vagina. Should we dive into your inbox? Okay, so our first correspondence this week is from Sarah Johnston. From now on, we're calling you Inflatable Dicky Dick. Dearest Sarah and Jeff, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? How am I supposed to study for my African history final exam? Why would they release this during exams? I am chewing on electrical cords like a rabbit who escaped its cage. Don't eat a bagel. Oh, don't eat a cinnamon raisin bagel, especially. Also, Connor having a loony cake at his wedding, which he got when he lost his mom and now again as he loses his dad. That's it. Jail. Jesse Armstrong and Mark Mylod, I'll see you in hell. That made me think about our friend Joey and his idea for a coffee table book. Oh, yeah. His name is Joseph Zvanix, and his idea was a book called Foods of Trauma. And it was a cookbook, but it would only be recipes that included things that had happened to people when they'd undergone a significant life trauma. That's great. So Looney Kate could go in there. She finishes. Also, if Sarah Snook doesn't get an Emmy, I'm going to self-immolate in front of whatever stupid LA venue it's going to be at. What the fuck? Sarah slash inflatable dicky dick. Um, That was the truest expression of what everyone is feeling. And the number of people who wrote in just to say... If Sarah Snook doesn't fucking get an Emmy, I'm fucking out. She has to, right? 
Yeah. She's just done this thing that everyone is saying is maybe the greatest performance in probably the greatest hour of television. And you're suddenly just this woman who's like, however old she is, in her 30s and pregnant and being like, what's, I have chills thinking about it. Do you know, the episode has got a 10 rating on IMDb, which is unheard of. I like that. With more than 17,000 votes as well. So interesting. And on this topic, there was someone, and I'm going to not say her name, but she'll know who she was, who wrote, I didn't think it was that great. And she referenced an article that someone had written, someone whose work I really respect, and he agrees with me. So to you, I want you to know that I know someone who fucked the guy who wrote that article. Do you have anything about the fuck? I can tell you about the woman that fucked him. She used to like it up the butt all the time. And she'd try and group me in with her and like, I don't care if you want to get fucked in the butt all the time, but it's not my vibe. And she'd be like, you know us, like we're crazy girls. And I was like, hold on. I am single and I like a regular adventure. That's different from wanting it up my asshole on the regs. So if that's your story, that's fine. But stop grouping me in with you. So that's the woman who fucked the guy who wrote the piece. Who swallowed the fly. Who swallowed the fly. Perhaps she'll die. All right. Listen, inflatable dicky dick. Thank you for so humorously, intelligently expressing all our feelings. This comes from Molly. From now on, we're referring to you as something disgusting about dicks or maybe vaginas. Something disgusting about dicks or maybe vaginas says, I really want to make a note about Roman worrying that he caused his dad to die. As I rewatched the episode, having taken an entire day to get my anxious avoidant attachment shit together, I paid very close attention to the time that had elapsed between him ending the phone call after, are you a cunt? To the first phone call from Tom, two minutes and nine seconds. I can't remember if it's playing out in real time at that point. It did feel that the episode was supposed to be playing out in real time, which is why I thought this was a really good thing to include. Oh, and Lucy told us there was a two-hour edit of it. Yeah. Release, release it. people want that two hours so bad. We want Peter Jackson to go in there and give us the extended cut. I think it's worth that. Uh, If Logan received the voicemail notification immediately after Roman sent it, I suppose it's possible it could have caused his attack, but I seriously doubt it. I fully believe that he had already had his attack. So that kid, at least in regards to his cunty voicemail guilt, is all right. I really enjoyed as well that she referred to herself as anxious avoidant attachment. Mm. To me, that's her saying that she like needed to rewatch it, but also really didn't want to rewatch it. No one can do a rewatch like you can do a rewatch. I can just go again and again. In fact, last night, Jeff was out. Very atypical that I'm in in an evening and Jeff is out. I went to an Elton John concert with my best friend Susie. I was like reading through all the email. I put on the film Girls Trip and Jeff came home from his Elton John concert slash affair and um he was like how can you read email with other words in the background and i was like because i have the words memorized it's like putting on a nice little jumper and when my favorite scenes come up i just pay really close attention i can't even have music with lyrics and read at the same time this is because of your add our next email is from paul sheridan from now on we're calling you chuckles the clown dear fnn Can I ask you both to say a giant fuck 
off to the Irish Times newspaper, who on Monday, before most people would have seen the episode, published a headline on their website that read, was Logan Roy's death the greatest hour of television ever made? It might have been correct, but what idiot does that? The Irish Times, fuck you, you're bad at your job. It was such irresponsible journalism. And if I hear from someone who says, hi, I'm the person who made that decision and my kid was really, really sick and I, my head was not in the right place. And so I fucked up, but I just wanted to give some context as to why. I would go, thank you for holding up your hands. I understand we've all been there. But until I understand who the fuck made that fucking decision, <laughs> go fuck yourself. You're bad at your work. Find someone new to do it. I hate you. This team worked really hard. And then some moron? Logan Roy, dead. Fuck you. And that goes for you too, if you're the person writing the headlines about the most recent contestant revealed on The Masked Singer. A head should roll. So someone should lose their livelihood. No, I don't think that someone should lose their livelihood. But they shouldn't have the amount of responsibility that they have at their job because they're not good enough at it. They should be sent to the mailroom. No, they should be given less responsibility, but in a less dramatic way. Okay. Um, this comes from Marigold. From now on, you're going to be referred to as an old man who fucking hated you. She says, help. I'm still reeling. I loved how in a show that is so brilliant at insults and wordplay, that the lines that hit hardest were the simplest. Ken calling Shiv Shivy. Shiv, I can't have that. Roman, I'm pretty sad. My heart. She adds, Tom, he's not okay. Frank, he's flying the plane, son. I love that moment. We didn't get time to talk about oh. in the main episode, but there was there was such kindness in Frank oh. in the face of such entitlement from Kendall. Anything's mm -hmm. excusable in that situation, mm -hmm. but it also... We know that we see that outside of just yeah. that context for Kendall. The truth of those lines felt tied to how language failed the siblings. They all groped for words, fell through the gaps... Roman never saying I love you when throughout the series he's been the one repeatedly to say it to his dad. In the end, grand statements don't happen in real life. Oh. And actually, we we have an email that goes into that. Yes, from Belinda Johnson. We're going to be calling you Reagans with tweaks. Well, fuck. Here's a big brain dump for you. The visceral reality of the sudden death has been spoken about a lot this week, but especially effective for me was the idea of last words. I think Western society has an obsession with it generally. Like, how are you going to wrap everything up neatly for your dying loved one in the final moments? Like, it's a fucking fairy tale. When my dad was diagnosed with cancer, we had a six-month run-up to his death. Plenty of time for me to come up with some poetic nonsense to spout at him while he lay in a hospital bed, right? In reality, my relationship with my dad was fraught. A number of my friends had brought up last words, like suddenly we would become different people in those final moments. Like he would suddenly be able to apologize to me. Like he would suddenly be cured of his 50 plus years of working class Welsh repression and PTSD. Like he would be able to actually say he loved me. I was asked multiple times what I was going to say to him, and I genuinely, I didn't know. Should it be my responsibility to suddenly be the quote-unquote bigger person because I'm not the one that's dying? When Kendall said, I can't forgive you, I started crying. And by the end of that astonishing 20-minute scene and Connor saying, he never liked me, I was gone. The show continues to blow my brains out, honestly. And what was the last conversation I had with my father? The Six Nations was on. Wales versus England. We just talked about why I liked football more than rugby and how disappointing that was for him. 
I kissed his hand and said goodbye. It's these people and their dads, you know? That's so much. But you you can't put a bow on everything in those moments. You can't put a bow on it and you can't land a blow either. That's a, and, and you can't get it right. Yeah. Someone's last moments like that. Your, your function is just to be there so they're not alone. Yeah. Because I had some version of this with my mum. We got a call at four in the morning. It was unexpected um, from my brother saying that Mum, we we needed to go and say goodbye to my mum. So it's a race against the clock, mm-hmm. and we lost that race. Mm-hmm. And I feel no regret about that. I am so pleased that everyone else was there with her. But in terms of last words, the last time I, I I'd spoke to her was a couple of nights before, as happened most nights. Uh, I'd FaceTimed her while our son was having his bath. And it was just a very normal interaction. So I, I I feel content that my last words or my last memory is the whole of that relationship in miniature. You're very lucky in that way. Yeah. There's nothing I could have said to her that would wrap things up neatly. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. What do you think is more uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. Trying to tie up a lifetime of a parent-child relationship in a few earnest words right at the end? Or you complimenting Lucy Preble? <laughs> I knew that was coming from you. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Next sprinkle is from Chloe Campbell. Her name is AI Jerk Machine. Dear FNN, I was surprised that you thought that beautiful wide shot of Connor's wedding was tragic. I thought it was incredibly romantic. They couldn't carry on with the day as normal, as it would have seemed odd and disrespectful under the circumstances. But after that conversation between Willa and Connor that you so handsomely analysed, thank Mm. you, in your show this week, Willa decided to prove to the man that loves her that she wasn't going to leave him, without some fat alimony at least. 
Love that Willa's mother seemed classy and well-educated and seemed to see Connor and be kind to him. Not only because of his money, I really liked her. I agree with what AI Joke Machine is saying. I thought the the way it was presented in a montage, there was a sadness to the whole thing, but there was also something beautiful in their decision to do that. And then also I like this because I disagreed a bit about Willa's mother. So I loved the character of Willa's mother because she seemed instantly full fat, full figured as a character. We knew so much about the mother-daughter dynamic there. The the things that she is willing to turn a blind eye to Mm -hmm. in return for financial stability. Yeah, I was like, oh no, she's fucked her daughter up a little bit in terms of her daughter's sense of her own self-worth. This mom is treating her daughter like she did better than she, Willa, even deserves. So I saw some real mother-daughter dysfunction. Yes, yes. But all of the warmth that I felt was about how incredible I thought the acting was. She was great. Cynthia Mace is the actor's name, I think. All right. Our next message comes from... Jen Daly, your nickname is a slit throat for the big mouth. Hi, FNN. So much to say about this episode. Roman's heartbreakingly terrible attempts at hugging his siblings, Carrie's Joker impression, bereft Colin. And what was Tom thinking calling Greg? Amidst it all, I couldn't stop zoning in on Shiv's wedding hair. Same. She continues. She was in Tom Ford giving the occasion the appropriate level of effort sartorially, if a little bleakly, but that washing my face before bed ponytail felt like such a pointed choice. It's like she was telling Connor she thought the wedding and the marriage was garbage and she could barely be bothered to come. It never occurred to me that you can weaponize your hair. You can weaponize your hair. One of our friends and listeners, Deborah Francis White, host of The Guilty Feminist, she has told me that if she shows up to an event and like a friend who's with her goes and gets a blowout without telling her in advance, she views it as an aggressive act. (laughs) She's like, if we were going to do blowout, you needed to fucking tell me we were doing blowouts. That was the funniest thing I've heard in such a long time. This is from Catelyn, Caitlin Carew. From now on, we're calling you, are you a cunt? Regarding Kerry's bizarre reaction, I thought she seemed heady from relief. Let's face it, life with this grumpy old man can't be easy. And as his constant companion, she cops a lot of it. She must know that she will be extremely well looked after in the will. And now she's free to go and start again, possibly with Logan's baby on board without being looked down on by the rest of the family and Waystar in a circle. Now, I wouldn't bet on this, but I thought it's so rare that we get a hot take. Not a hot take, a new take that doesn't seem insane or sort of way too conspiracy theorist. And I thought this was a really interesting way to read it, specifically because of what we saw in that last episode, Carrie's anger at him and having her betrayal cherry popped. I also think it's always important to remember that people don't just feel one thing at a time. Yeah. And I think that's true of Tom calling Greg. Yes, Yes. he's on manoeuvres, but also he's just been through something very intense and he needs somewhere to put those feelings. Mm -hmm. And there will be a thousand things going through Kerry's head. Yeah, but I really liked this idea that relief was in the mix. Do you think that Logan would have changed his will to look after a girlfriend? No. 
presumably there'll be some legal entitlements if there is a baby for that child. Uh-huh. But I can't see it's a payday for her. No. Did you see the stuff about Rupert Murdoch's divorce settlement? No, I didn't. What is it? I think Vanity Fair yesterday published some of the details. And one of those details is that the divorce settlement bars her from giving ideas for stories to succession writers. That is specifically in there. up. Oh my God. They are so powerful, these people. And I don't mean the Murdochs. I mean the writer's room at succession. All right. Next up, we're hearing from Lizzie Pollitt, friend of the pod, also known as Benign Fungus. We've edited. No offense, but tight on time. This is on the topic of Shiv's possible pregnancy. There's a lot of chat about this. Now, this is so interesting because I was so done with this idea. But then Benign Fungus came at me in just the right way. Benign Fungus writes, Watch Shiv refuse champagne at the Red Wedding. Logan will have written something in his will about it bypassing his kids to go to his grandkids. I don't know if I agree with that, but... I do like the idea of a spiteful will, though. What would you do to spite me in your will? Have it written in that everyone had to gather, like in Knives Out. (laughs) And then have a big dramatic moment where I left it all to a donkey sanctuary or something like that. That sounds sweet, but please don't do that to me. Okay. I'm not with you for your personality. (laughs) And then this comes from Suze Kempner. From now on, we're referring to you as... Fucky, sucky brigade. I'm a fan of Suze Kempner. Yeah, I'm a fan of Suze Kempner's too. Comedian, online performer. She is now part of the Hooniverse. So our son will be very excited. We're going to have to keep him away from her because we don't want to unwrap a baby. So we'll never, ever... Tell him that we know somebody connected to Doctor Who. Or hook up a meeting between him and Suze Kempner. And then what Suze gives us is a bunch of brain dumps. Firstly, Logan's little smile at the end of season two was the only time that he has ever been proud of any of his kids. And that's what he couldn't get over with Kendall. When Kendall said to dead Logan, I can't forgive you, but it's okay. I was so proud of awful, fictitious Kendall. Number two, I was also extremely proud of Roman for saying, are you a cunt, in his last ever words to his dad. Good for you, son. It told me that actually Logan had lost his kids forever. When Tom hugged Shiv at the end, she wanted the comfort and it was so sad because she knows he only wants to be there for her because his protector is gone. He wants another angle and she knows it and it makes her sad and that made me cry. Next. Kendall's decision to not be the one to read the statement at the press conference showed a savvy that his siblings do not have. I don't believe it was a decision that came from cowardice. This one says, I'm sure I'll be proved wrong, but I think Logan was holding Kendall back and that this is actually a chance for him to semi-flourish. Sure, he makes poor business decisions, but Logan had the company billions in debt. So, you know, whatever. P.S. I don't understand business. I love how much of a Kendall apologist she is. And also, I thought that was a very interesting idea. Mm. Is Marsha going to be back? I thought gone forever until last week, but ooh, I think she's going to be back for the funeral. And she is a woman who will rock a good widow look. Oh, will she ever? Uh, She also says, completely agree with Sarah that all other TV is ruined now. Did we say already that we've been rewatching certain episodes of Veep? No, but that's something we have for you that helps. Yes. You don't get the drama and the emotional heft, no, no, no. but you get a lot of the same sensibility. You, yeah, you feel like you're with them a little bit. We rewatched the episode of Black Mirror that Jesse Armstrong wrote. Which was just a shade too bleak for you. Yeah, I got too upset. And, I mean, you're thinking this is me putting Lucy Preble's dick in my mouth. I'm sure that it is. But I've been thinking what I might do 
is your rewatch of I Hate Susie, I Hate Susie 2. Oh, I would definitely be up for that. So just know that we're sucking our dick, okay? Okay. No teeth, deep throat. Lots of looking up. <laughs> At Lucy probably will always suck her dick. Um, generally, a lot of the email we receive is speculation about how they're going to land it. Remember, we've got a long runway here. We've got seven more episodes. And I just think it is really important to remember that Logan Roy was abused and then turned that pain into ruthless ambition to build an empire. And and that empire itself is rotten, it's corrosive, it makes the world a worse place, it brought him no true joy, it brought no healing of his pain, and he died on a toilet, estranged from his family. So he wasn't a winner. He lost at life. Okay. And if, if anyone, if any of the kids or anyone is going to win at the end, dramatically, if, th- if that's what they're going to do... It has to be somehow about breaking the cycle of abuse that they've lived under their whole lives and not about becoming Logan. Because the, the, the brilliance of the show is how it shows us humanity and gives us some degree of empathy or sympathy for even terrible, entitled people who actively harm our societies. But it doesn't let them off the hook. And we're, we're really watching them pursue something that is bad for them and also meaningless so we're not rooting for them to get that thing i don't think that's the correct reading of how it will end the most truthful ending might be just like a continuation of of that sad hollow pointless knife fight in the mud mm-hmm and that they can't break free of it. Or I suppose the happiest version of it is that one or all of them has some moment of realisation about that. But it's not, we're not building towards a coronation that will feel satisfying. First of all, I agree with everything you said. Also, but not in a way that you're aware of. You're up to your own sort of dear Jesse and you're trying to get him to want to work with you on something. Despite having zero experience as a writer. Or, or anything, really. I, th- I think it was more my version of Jerry's final thought. Not Jerry Kelman, Jerry Springer. Okay, yeah. Well, anyway, I'm really grateful that we've got this runway. And I am being very present in the week by week between now and the end of May. Um, so is that everything? Yeah, we've been through it all. No, that isn't everything. Go on. Your crowdfunder, Sarah. No, I don't want to do it anymore. Have you looked at it? I thought we could look at it now. I've given up. I don't want to do it anymore, but what's the number? This is Sarah's crowdfunder, inspired by Roman and Ship being disgusted at British food in a British shop. Blah, blah. She's trying to raise £100 to eat of Percy Pig. And then after that, if she gets another £100, she'll eat a Jaffa cake. Mm -hmm. And that money will go towards a bathing suit and some shoes. Yeah, and then... Anything over that goes to charity, but I won't be giving it to charity up until that point. I do think as finishing the episode with this is what Logan would have wanted. <laughs> it's just about money, isn't yeah, it? It's yeah, just yeah, all yeah, about yeah. a number yeah, on a I piece of paper. Right. It is in the right spirit, isn't it? So I'm logging on now. Ugh. And the total of the Firecrotch and Normcore mm-hmm. crowdfunder stands at... £207! What? I I made 207 pounds? Yes. Okay, so if we keep giving, then I'll give money to charity. From a distance, the world looks blue and green. This is my charity song. Can we rename the crowdfunder the Logan Roy Memorial Fund? Yeah. And do you have any words you would like to say about your feelings on having reached your target? No, that I've reached my target. I want more money! (laughs) 
Oh my god, you are so giddy now. All your Logan grief has dissipated. Oh yeah, I feel no. I don't care about. I don't care about anyone's grief. What was triggering for them in this episode? I got my two hundred pounds, seven to charity. (laughs) Seven pounds to charity. Seven pounds to charity. All right, those videos will be forthcoming. We got to make some sea tent. (laughs) Yeah, we do. Thank you for your email this week. It's so great. I'm old. I'm long in the tooth. You're fifty a week from today. Which actually might mean that Friday Sprinkles is late next week. It might be more like a Saturday Sprinkles. Yeah. But the point being, I've done a bunch of stuff where people are writing in. And the email we get, it is, it's a cliche, but it's an embarrassment of riches. So thank you. And especially this week. You guys are better than everyone ever in the whole world. And we're grateful. Fuck off at firecartonormcard.com if you'd like to send us any more. We will be back first thing on Tuesday morning after episode four has aired here in the UK on Monday evening. It's called Honeymoon States. It's written by Jesse Armstrong and Lucy Preble. Who? Do you want to fare them well? Fare you well. Have an okay weekend. Do a rewatch, even if you're anxious avoidant. And we'll see Jeff is saying first thing Tuesday morning, but you know us, it might be like 10 a.m. I think of 10 a.m. very much as first thing. I know, I know, honey. Um, have an okay time. Fuck off. Up your butt. Like that old friend of mine used to think I did on the regular. I will see you on Tuesday. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.